This is the Happy Rant Sports Podcast, in which Ted Cluck and Barnabas Piper rant about old sports, new sports, sports books, sports movies, and anything else related to sports that they feel like. Enjoy. Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Sports Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friend, my partner in sports radio, Barnabas Piper. Pipe, we're brought to you this morning by Redbud City Coffee Roasters. Hot, beautiful, hipster coffee. Pipe, tell them about Redbud City Coffee. Yeah, listeners, you should go to redbudcoffee.com. It is a family-owned craft coffee roastery out of middle America, which is Ted and Mai's. Uh, we just, well, it's where, it's where our hearts are from, the center Absolutely. of our country. And uh, they, they do really high-quality uh, single origin for the most part coffee roast from around the world. It's sort of rotating. So they have some at various times from Indonesia or different parts of Africa or Central and South America. The Brazilian honey holds it down as my favorite. I always mm-hmm. recommend that one. And if you use the code happy rent at checkout, you get a 10% discount on their purchase on your purchase. One additional perk is that they sell, you know, the individual size bags, like what you'd get at a grocery store but also pretty large bags. So if you wanted to use it for your office or for your church, uh, they offer, I think it's 36 ounce uh, bags of beans. And so you can order in bulk for that kind of thing. So again, it's redbudcoffee.com. Check out their rows. Use the code Happy Rant to get your 10% discount. And uh, I think you'll be very pleased with what arrives in the mail. Also, their packaging is pretty great. Like they're not, uh, it's not sort of cheap junk. It's it's really nice, like nicer than what you see on most grocery store shelves. So I always like to point that out because I appreciate quality work. I do too. Yeah. I love that packaging. They do a, a nice job. Shout out Redbud City Coffee. Pipe, this morning is our, our NFL preview episode. So as we record this, we are um, a scant like day and a half away from uh, NFL kickoff happening. And uh, I for one can't wait. We are in the same fantasy league again uh, as we've been for a few years. So I want to I have a blazing hot Houston Texans take that I want to run by you. But before I do that, I didn't know uh, there was such a thing because like they, they, they're, they're probably the most forgettable (laughs) team in the NFL right now. Dude, there is, there is. And I think, I think once I get into this, you're going to, if not agree, at least be compelled to take a look at it. But before I do that, Piper, I made a trade already in fantasy and uh, I want to run it by you on it. I want to get your trade analysis as a fantasy expert. So I shipped, James Conner and Mike Williams uh, out of town already. Um, they're no longer on my roster. In return, I got Ronald Jones, uh, Tampa running back Ronald Jones. And I did this primarily because on a cosmic kind of emotional level, I couldn't, I couldn't stomach the thought of having the James Conner experience for a whole season. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't trust his offense. I don't trust him. Uh, I, I like him as a guy. But I it, and I thought I just thought uh, Williams, what he brings to the table statistically was completely replaceable with any number of waiver wire pickups. So that was just kind of a throw in. But the thing that I found compelling about Ronald Jones was game script wise, like they have a super easy schedule. I think they're going to be handing the ball off a lot. They have an elite offensive line. Jones averaged over five yards a carry last year. I just I found it compelling. And it was to me like going to be way easier to watch than James Conner getting like 11 carries for 32 yards and no scores week after week. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think, I think you, 
I think you got the better end of that trade. I mean, I don't think it was one that was like anybody's going to throw their hands up and scream yeah. and yell because For none sure. of those players. I think, I mean, James Conner might get 14 carries this year mm-hmm. because they, they have, what, Chase Edmonds. They have, yeah. I feel like there's Eno one Benjamin, who's more, more explosive than he is. Yeah, yeah. I just think, and, and they didn't and they don't, him a lot. They have they have no track record of running the ball since, you know, David Johnson's one really good year in like 2016. And right. yeah, like he, I, James Conner hasn't been good in three years. Uh, <clears throat> and you said, was it Mike Williams? Was that the? Yeah. Yeah. So Mike Williams is a great receiver to have on your team in best ball leagues where yeah, they right. just take they take. It's basically like they take the best scoring players from each week. And that's yeah. automatically because he's going to have four to six really good weeks where it's like where he just goes six, bananas six catches yeah. 140 yards two touchdowns and then he's yeah. gonna have a bunch of like three catch for 50 yards games because that's what yeah. he's always done and so that's frustrating to have in your team my guess is he wasn't one of your top two or three receivers anyway so nope you know you just traded a bench guy and ronald jones could be an rb2 this year like he could go it, I wouldn't be surprised if he was at like 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns at the end of the year, something like that. And Yeah, I agree. That's I way agree. better for a running back than what you just traded away. Yeah, no, I agree, Pipe. And, um, you know, part of this with fantasy is just like watchability and, um, you know, guys that you can stand having on your team. And, uh, you know, Ronald Jones fits the bill for me. That means I get to watch a lot of Tristan Wirfs and the Tampa offensive line, which I'm excited to do. And um, I don't know. I think everybody feels good about their fantasy team heading into week one. But uh, I feel pretty good about my roster. Any any thoughts on your roster pipe? We both lost running backs. We both yeah. lost young running backs, which is terrible. Yeah, it, that that was my one thought. I, I, after the draft, I felt really good about my team because I came away with uh, Mike Davis and Kenny Mixon and... Then I already had J.K. Dobbins. And then like two days after our draft, Dobbins is out for the year. And yeah. so I still have running back depth because I had two or three guys. You know, I think I have uh, I have a couple other guys that are solid. But I had I had like a rotation of four potential RB one or twos. So that hurts. But I still feel good about my team. I had I had some good value keepers. I have um I'm at the point in the year where like I I look at my team and I'm like, oh, I could totally win this thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'll end up going 500 and losing the money that we put into the league. And <laughs> so be it. But, but yeah. I feel good right now. No, absolutely. Who I, did, uh, who did I you feel, lose? I lost Travis Etienne. That's so right. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. here's how it went down. Um, and there's there's some emotion in this, too, in the sense that I, I always like I'm a get fun rookies guy. So I always want to leave the draft with like a couple of fun rookies that I can, you know, just hang on to some stock in and and see how they do. And ETN was one of my fun rookies and I paid not a fortune for him, but I, I like, I definitely spent some money on him. And then like a day and a half after our draft, they played, they played in prime time. They were in the ESPN like evening time slot for a preseason game. And I'm like, sweet, I'll get to, I'll settle in. I'll watch a little Travis ETN, get excited uh, he touches the ball one time and, you know, tears his Liz Frank or whatever in his foot. And then he's gone. Yeah. And, uh, I knew like, it wasn't readily apparent on the play, but if, if you watch it, like I could tell something was a little off and I'm like, huh, I hope that's no big deal. And then, yeah, lo and behold, the next day the news comes out and, uh, 
And then I texted you in a in a white hot rage the next morning. Now, my my question <laughs> it was to you Ted's is, weekly. I hate fantasy football. Test. Exactly, exactly. Get used to that, buddy. You're gonna you're gonna field a few of those throughout I'd, the season. I'd also like to caffeine check myself. Uh, it's early, and I'm still I'm still coughing. And I said yeah. Kenny Mixon. I meant Joe Mixon. Kenny, I, I feel like Kenny Mixon is an athlete from somewhere, but I can't tell you who. I meant Joe Dude, Mixon been, as the running back. I've been racking my brain since you said Kenny Mixon. I'm like, was he a, like a backup point guard in the 90s? No. Or was he a, like a utility infielder? He for, won a dunk contest at, something, at some point. I'm, <laughs> exactly. I'm Googling Kenny Mixon just to see if I, if I made this name up. Well, dude, on that name, Kenny Mixon is a great athlete name. I mean, even if you did make it up. That's, that's a, who he that's is. Really he's he's a former rotational defensive end. Played for the Vikings for, oh, yeah. for quite a while. So absolutely, yeah. yeah. I remember. Okay, Kenny Mixon. I feel better knowing that there is a football player named Kenny Mixon who is part of my past. Okay. Yeah, I think he went to Florida. Like I remember him being kind of tall and lean and kind of a dreadlocks guy. And yeah, he looked 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 good in the uniform. Um, all right, there we go. We got the Kenny Mixon thing put to bed now. I want to. I want to ask you this, Piper. Are you going to be in the Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes? In as much as the the Ravens just signed him yesterday. <laughs> uh, no, for for multiple reasons. One, he's washed, uh, and two, having Ravens running backs is frustrating. Which I realize is ironic is. because I just complained about losing Dobbins. But they they always they run the ball fifty times a game, which you'd think would be great yeah. for running backs. But they managed well, to split it. Be- I was going to say they split it between a quarterback. Yeah. And usually two and a half other running backs. So yeah. like, you know, Mixon goes down. Everybody's like, oh, Gus Edwards is going to be a running back one. Like, no, Gus Edwards is still going to get 800 yards and eight touchdowns because yeah. there's going to be yeah. two other guys who who share the other. And they're going to be, you know, one of the top three rushing teams. They just, they split it so many ways. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Le'Veon Bell has anything left. Although if there's a team that could get it out of him, it, it's probably the Ravens. Yeah, I agree as a rotational guy. Has there ever been a worse, like bet on yourself moment in sports than Le'Veon Bell, like walking away from all that money in Pittsburgh. Uh, like, well, Dennis, I don't know if you follow the NBA, but Dennis Schroeder turning down an $84 million contract with the Lakers to go take $8 million six months later with the Celtics <laughs> is, is pretty yeah, rough. That's rough. I'm not a math guy, but I can, I can see how that isn't working out in his favor. Generally speaking, making 10 times as much money is better than making one tenth as much money. So I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Le'Veon Bell, Bell family, if you're listening, we, we wish him all the best in, uh, in Baltimore. I, so, I also, I also wonder, like, I really thought, I thought when he went to the chiefs last year, he might show something because I thought, well, yeah. maybe he was just terrible because he went to the jets and the jets yeah. under Adam Gase ruin everybody. So yeah, I just assumed yeah. everybody who gets out from under Adam Gase improves. Um, yeah. and he, if you can't be good in an Andy Reid offense, right? Oof, it's well, it's going to be an uphill climb to be good anywhere else. That's it, and that offense seemed tailor made for him in that he's so like, you know, savvy and, and polished in the passing game. And you just thought, man, if there was ever a, a great landing spot for a late career Le'Veon Bell to to put up numbers, it would have been Kansas City. But um, yeah, it just didn't happen for him there, which which makes me think maybe he's a bad locker room guy just washed you know whatever so well, he was interesting always, he was always a patience guy like needed a yeah right he he thrived behind a, a really good offensive line 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and just he was the most oddly patient running back where he would just oh, yeah. hesitate and hesitate and hesitate and then find the crease. That's yeah. not a style that almost any offense runs. Yeah, and so I don't, you know, I, I think he could be good elsewhere, but also the Chiefs yeah. last year had a dog crap offensive line. So he yeah. getting behind a solid offensive line in an offense built around creative running games could, you know, mm-hmm. he might show something. I don't know. It would be fun yeah. to see him back. I always like seeing guys bounce back. So it yeah. would be if he did, it'd be a fun story. It'd be. Yeah, I was going to say it'd be a very fun story for sure. Um, as you look at the rest of your fantasy roster pipe, who are you like? Who's the guy you're most excited about? Um, that's a good question. I, so I have, I have two guys. One is CD lamb. He was a keeper oh, yeah. for me at, I don't know, at a pretty moderate amount of money, you know, mm-hmm. cause it, I, he, he was rated as like a, a wide receiver one. And I just, I think if Dallas's offense is anything, CD lamb could be like a lead the league and catches kind of guy, you know? Yeah. Um, the other one, and this is so risky. Mm-hmm. is Saquon Barkley because <laughs> yeah Barkley uh his his rookie year 1500 yards something like 85 or 90 catches and then he's never done it again since but there's always been extenuating circumstances there's always been health there's always been bad offensive line etc so Which they still and, have yes they still have a bad offensive line although they've they've signed a bunch of guys and drafted a bunch of right. guys they somehow still stink it's kind of like yeah. the Vikings east um right and but I think I got him for like 30 something dollars in an auction and yeah. most RB ones are like 50 plus. And yeah, I think it's kind he, of a bargain. Yeah. I think he could deliver that 50 plus dollar value on that mm-hmm. price tag. And yeah. at which point I feel pretty good. And it also helps me. It would ease the pain of the, uh, the Dobbins lost the other guy who I'm, I'm really excited about. So I kept Josh Allen. I'm not that excited about him. I'm not sure he's going to be as good as he was last year. Cause that's really hard to do. I drafted Matt Ryan as my second quarterback because it's a two quarterback yeah. league and he's totally reliable. But then I got Tua as a third quarterback. Yeah. And I, like I, that. I really want Tua to replace Matt Ryan as my second quarterback because I want to see Tua blow up this year. That would be I do he's, too. The, he's the he's the the lottery card that I'm most excited about. He seems like a great kid. They're a really fun team. I believe in Flores as a coach. And I would love to see Tua like squash the Deshaun Watson trade rumors that continue to swirl around that franchise. Like for some reason, Steven Ross, their owner, like despite Watson's 22 allegations or whatever the number's up to, like he, he keeps saying that he wants to trade for Deshaun. And um, yeah, I'd love to see Tua um, just put up a great season and, and shut down those rumors and be the guy well, in Miami. They did, they did the right things to support him. Like, yes, their offensive line is still not very good, but mm. They went. They they got uh, Jalen Waddle, who yep. is uh, could be the best receiver in this year's draft. You know, along with yeah. a number of other guys. Then they went yeah. out and signed Will Fuller, who is a perpetually underrated, overrated guy. Like when he plays, <laughs> yes, he's underrated, right. but he's yeah. kind of collectively overrated because people are always looking for a full season of him. But like eight yeah. games of Will Fuller could be the eight best games of Tua's career. You know, yeah, because Will Fuller right. just goes off. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He'll uh, when he's on the field, which will be not often. <laughs> he'll he'll be a difference maker for sure in that offense. And they still have Gesicki. You know, they still have Devontae Parker. They've they've got some guys. You know, they've they've stockpiled some guys in that offense uh, to put around Tua. 
And they keep, you know, kind of like uh, the Giants, they keep taking bites at the apple offensive line-wise and and are looking for some of these draft choices to develop, which hopefully they will, they will do. Um, Piper, let's talk about another bad team. Um, I want to do a few minutes on the Houston Texans because whenever it happens that there's a team that looks so generationally bad, um, I get... I get kind of intrigued and that thing has been such a dumpster fire and they've been the target of so much kind of media vitriol in terms of, you know, they're tanking, they're tearing down their roster, they're trading away everybody good. I did a deep dive into their depth chart and then I did a deep dive into like offensive lines across the league and I think the Texans are not going to be the worst team in the league. In fact, I think they could find five or six wins on their schedule. Um, they are in a week I think at division. the end of the, they're in a weak division. I think at the end of the year, we're going to look back on the, the 2021 Houston Texans thing and go, eh, they were, they were frisky. Um, so he, here's a list, non-exhaustive, but I think, I think the ones on this list are pretty definitive. These are offensive lines that are way worse than Houston's. Um, Arizona, they signed Rodney Hudson. Um, Late career Rodney Hudson, he'll help, but still a mess, still can't run the ball. Jacksonville, the Jags have a horrible offensive line. They can't block anyone. Trevor's going to be running for his life this year. The running game isn't going to go anywhere. Uh, Bad news. Miami, aforementioned, still trying to figure it out. The Giants are a mess up front. Chicago, a mess on the offensive line. Um Indianapolis, at least to start the season, like they haven't figured out tackle. Uh, Quentin Nelson still hurt. Well, yeah, their um, their left guard and their first and second string left tackles, I believe, are all injured. That's it. Yeah, it's just been a baton death march in Indianapolis on the offensive line. And then last one on this list, worst offensive lines in Houston, Cincinnati. Um, this one's close. I like the Jonah Williams thing, but they're starting Quentin Spain. You can kind of track like who the journeyman offensive lines are in the league by where Quentin Spain is starting from year to year. And uh, this year at Cincinnati, I don't know. I just look at this team and I go, all right, Laramie Tunsil, Titus Howard, both, you know, top half of the league tackles. I like Max Sharping at guard. I like this other kid, Charlie Heck, who they drafted. Um, They got a center from the Seahawks, Justin Britt. Like, I think they're going to be competent. They're going to run the ball a ton. I watched them a little bit in preseason. They're they're doing this like Redskins counter gap, like pin and pull. It's kind of an old school, you know, rushing offense where, you know, Tyrod's not going to be throwing the ball a ton. He's not going to turn the ball over. They've got this kind of like three-headed veteran monster running back. I think they could be frisky is all I'm saying. And I wouldn't be shocked if they put up five or six wins. Your See, thoughts? I... I think what they need to be is what Miami was two years ago, you know, where it was like torn down to the studs and they still yeah. caught people off guard because they never stopped playing hard. Um, yeah. And the, the difference is that the Texans have set themselves up to have no future because they've traded away all their draft picks. Whereas like Miami was collecting draft picks and they still have some from that where they they got like multiple picks in first and second rounds and things like that. You know, they traded away Laramie Tunsil, which still seems like an odd move to me because 
offensive yeah. line is so important. But they've they not replaced get, him with anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they did get a bunch of picks out of it, which is you know if you're going to rebuild a team, you got to have you got to take a like you said a bunch of bites at the apple. And but yeah, I think the Texans are basically in a we're just surviving right now. And we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. restart this in a year or two when we get out from under some of this bad money. And yeah. they have like a three-headed, crappy running back rotation with, you know, 87-year-old Mark Ingram, 84-year-old... Who I have in fantasy. David Johnson and Philip yeah. Lindsay, who shows flashes but is probably just a, a third-down kind of rotational back and yeah, who I yeah. think I picked up on my team as my last bench guy. Uh-huh. And... uh but yeah, I just they, they, Brandon Cooks is their only pass catcher who who I can name. Uh, now they did draft Nico Collins out of Michigan, and because Tristan and I hate our lives, apparently we're we're Michigan fans, and uh, so we kind of had the Nico Collins experience in Ann Arbor, in as much as he comes in as this like completely freaky physical specimen, five star type guy, and then proceeds to like you know, languish under Jim Harbaugh for, for three years. And, um, is that true of every freaky physical (laughs) five-star guy who's come like, it takes him three years in the pros to turn into a skilled football player. Yeah, that's it. So I, I actually don't hate him as a complimentary receiver in Houston. So you look at the roster and you go, yeah, there's nobody in their running back room. That's going to be there for the long haul, but Nico Collins, the two tackles, Charlie Heck, Zach Cunningham defensively. Um, you know, there are a few guys that you can look at and go, they'll they'll be on the roster in perpetuity. But yeah, everybody else, it's kind of like you said, they're they're kind of um in survival mode, I think. And uh what'll be interesting, I mean, I think their their whole thing really hinges on can we get anything out of Deshaun Watson? Like, can we um can we offload this? you know, ticking time bomb on somebody else and, uh, and get anything out of it and start over. Um, that'll be fascinating to see. And, um, you know, they're, they're just one of those teams that to me is going to be really interesting to look at this year. And the perception of them is that they're the worst in the league, but I actually think record wise, they could be better than Jacksonville, better than the jets, better than Cincy. I think Cincy's going to be a dumpster fire again. See, I think um, Cincy will win some games simply because, assuming health on yeah, offense, they like they're, yeah. they're going to put up points. And yeah. I mean, they might only win four or five games, but yeah, it'll be four or five really entertaining wins, and then a bunch of really entertaining losses. That's true. I think the Giants will be a mess again. I mean, Jason Garrett is the play caller there. Um, Joe Judge, not necessarily a leader of men. You know, we're still we're still on the fence about that. Um, but yeah, the Giants thing, they haven't done anything to address their offensive line and and um you know, they draft Kadarius Tony, which seems like a luxury pick, like a gadget guy. Um he's the guy you draft if you're Tampa and you're picking thirty seconds. Didn't the Giants draft. take a first round tackle last year? They did. Yeah, to be fair, they did, and he was he was bad. Um, but you know, a lot of rookies struggle and maybe he maybe he makes a leap in year two. Um, hopefully for for Saquon's sake, that's the case. Because um, you hate to see a great talent like that languishing behind, you know, just on a bad team. Um Well, yeah, and I think see. Daniel Jones is a garbage quarterback too. I mean sure. I yeah, just absolutely it, 
that was one where it he he has a strong like Christian Ponder meets uh <laughs> Jameis Winston vibe Dude, about Dude totally. There that's the perfect comp. Like if you if you melded Christian Ponder and and Christian Ponder's fumbles with J- with uh Jameis Winston's interceptions, you have um you have Daniel Jones. Yeah, I mean he's and he's a good athlete, like sneaky good runner, but yeah. That so what? Like that's why you want him as your backup cuz he can come in and make a couple plays. Like he has a strong future as as a backup Somebody's quarterback. Quality number 2, like a Mitch Trubisky, yeah. you know. Um, you know, if you got to if you got to put him on the field for a couple games, he could be frisky, but and he and um, Trubisky have so much in common because they're both way overdrafted, way underexperienced, yep. athletic. You ACC know, quarterback. You look at yeah. some of their numbers and you're like, "All right, there's something here." And then you watch right. him play and you're like, oh no, oh no, yeah. <laughs> this is not yeah. the guy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, and you wonder how year after year scouts talk themselves into it, you know. Um, and, and maybe it's just like you're, you're too clever by half, you know, trying to find that guy. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, I think, an experiment that's about to be over. Like, um, yeah, the Joe Judge thing, he probably gets another year. Um, you know, the Chicago coach, Matt Nagy, could be gone by the middle of the season. Cincy's coach could be gone by the middle of the season. I think Indianapolis is one of those high variance teams where, like, you could sell me on them being 12 and five. You could also sell me on them being five and 12. And See, uh, I don't think I they can go five and 12 because I think their defense is good enough that they're, they're, they're going to be a seven win team floor because, because they have a really good D. And, yeah. And they have an offensive style that can make up for mediocre quarterback play because they, well, assuming offensive line health, if their offensive line is not healthy, then you're, yeah, no defense can make up for a team that just puts up no points. But if they have a healthy offensive line, like I think they go seven wins, even with like Sam Ellinger at quarterback. Yeah, that'd be interesting, dude. There's a part of me that thinks like, and this is just fan talk here. This is stupid. I'm, I'm basing this on basically nothing, but I would just love in a lab to see what Frank Wright could do with Jacob Eason. Um, I watched like two quarters of J- Jacob Eason football in the preseason, and I'm like, this guy's gigantic, and he has a cannon. Like he just rips the football downfield. Um, and I'm like, huh? Like just traits wise, it would be fun to see Frank Wright go all in on this guy and see what would happen. And maybe what would happen is, um, he's Kyle Bowler and he can't play, but, um, I don't know. Maybe what would happen is he's, you know, a guy with freaky arm strength who can really rip it down the field and unlock a bunch of those receivers. Um, I don't know, but as long as Carson Wentz is there, I think we're going to continue like muddling around with the Carson Wentz experiment and, um, not quite being satisfied with it. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing is like, nobody knows. I mean, do we know what Carson Wentz is? No, <laughs> I, I don't, you I mean, know, because he, he had an insane season in, in Philly's Super Bowl run, but didn't lead them to the Super Bowl because he was injured. And every other year he's been somewhere between promising upside and utter disaster. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know of a more high variance quarterback in the league outside of Josh Allen, except that Josh Allen has been on an upward trajectory. Yeah. Wentz was like promising, great, horrific. 
That's a weird right. that's a weird quarterback trajectory. Promising, great, horrific, maybe broken emotionally now. Yeah. Like um you just don't know. You don't know what you don't know what you have. I'm trying to think of a guy with a similar career arc and I always go back to Vinny Testaverde because I, I love talking about Vinny Testaverde, but like he, his arc was different in that he was just terrible for like a decade, but then like Parcells kind of put him back together and he ended up having another decade plus where he was good. Um, like kind of borderline pro bowl level guy. So um, maybe that happens for Wentz, but I don't know. I have my doubts, but we'll, we'll see what happens. So speaking of quarterbacks, Piper, Cam Newton cut. Mac Jones is the guy in New England. I have him in fantasy. He's kind of my like fun to have stash guy. Um, does Cam Newton get a job? He's not a backup quarterback type traditionally. Um, do you think he lands anywhere? I don't know that he does this year. Um, yeah. I think because he he is a quarterback who can't just slide into a system. You know, like right. He he's not the like when the Vikings traded for Sam Bradford during training camp, like it wasn't a good trade, obviously, but at least Bradford could kind of fit into a lot of offenses. He can, you know, right. run your basic Newton can't do that. He the offense has to be built around his skill set. So unless he's going to you know, like say San Francisco had Jimmy G and Trey Lance go down. I suppose he might be able to slide into that offense because they run some of that quarterback, you know, the the RPO, the the quarterback power stuff. Um, you know, if New England wanted to re-sign him at some point because they had injuries. But other than that, I think it's going to be an off-season thing where, like, he replaces Tyrod Taylor in Houston or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, every team has a – there's not a team right now except for Houston – that looks at their quarterback position and goes dumpster fire. Yeah. And I actually think for what Houston's trying to do, which is hand the ball off and not give games away. Like I actually think Tyrod's better for what they want to do than, than this version of cam. Like the, the only landing spot that makes sense to me and this, it, and this only makes like 35% sense. So take this with a grain of salt. Like if I'm Dallas and I know Dallas's perception of itself is that it's a a playoff caliber, make a make a Super Bowl run type team. And I'm not completely sold on Dak Prescott's health. And my backup is Cooper Rush. I think I'm signing Cam. Um, I don't know how it would work in the clubhouse. And Cam and Cam and Dak are very different. Like people think they're the same because they're both like big black guys, but like. At the end of the day, like Dak's coming to the line of scrimmage and and playing chess and like beating you that way, and Cam's just a little bit different. Um, yeah, he's coming to but, the line and playing heavyweight boxing. He's playing heavyweight boxing, exactly. That's the right analogy. But I still think I have to think that at the end of the day, um, Cam gives you more of a shot to win two games when um, you know when Dak's down with his compensatory like soft tissue injury. Um, I, li- I like Cam there better than Cooper Rush to like at least give me a puncher's chance, you know? You know who else would make a ton of sense? Who? Indy. Oh, yeah. Sell me on that, man. Go. Okay, well, they have uh, an injured quarterback who they gave up 
not a ton for, but like, cause it was kind of a sliding mm-hmm. scale of, of value. So if, if Wentz is injured, it's like a third round pick for him or whatever. Um, yeah. Cam Newton and Carson Wentz may be the exact same player at this point, except interesting or the exact same thrower at this point, mm-hmm. except that mm-hmm. Cam Newton still can put the ball in the paint. So right. he's still the best red zone runner in the league. Just full stop, I think. Maybe yeah. Lamar yeah. Jackson would beg to differ, but um Right. And so if if Wentz is injured for a little while, if they're muddling along and they get to, they get a couple games of Ellinger, whoever, and they're like, Ugh. Newton could come in there and they already have a run heavy scheme. Newton yeah. makes running backs better by by yeah. being a threat himself. Yeah. They 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 built an offense around uh who was it last year? Was it Brissett? Yeah. You know, so it wasn't like a great downfield passing game anyway. I think he yeah. could slide in there and be like if they want him if they want to be a playoff team this year, he could be the guy to help bridge the gap potentially yeah. or like be a quarterback yeah. rotation guy or something like that. I think that's the only other place I could see it making sense. Yeah. From a from a potential scheme and how the team is set up. Yeah. No, I like that. That's compelling. Here's another one. Tampa. Uh, hear me out on this one. I have long wanted an NFL team to like take a guy like Cam, who's so compelling in short yardage and goal line situations, and make him essentially like a CFL short yardage quarterback, um, which is a roster guy that like CFL teams carry. So he gives you value in those kind of situations. Moreover, if you're Tampa, your backup is Blaine Gabbert. I mean, if Brady gets hurt, if Brady sprains his ankle or breaks his leg, the season's over. Um, Then you've got this Ferrari of a roster with like Blaine Gabbert behind the wheel. I don't like it. Um, Do we think Cam gives Tampa more of a puncher's chance than Blaine Gabbert if, uh, if Brady goes down? Sure. I, I think the problem would be like Bruce Arians runs his system. That man won't adjust for anybody. And so I'm not sure how well Cam comes in. Maybe he fits perfectly. It kind of depends on if he I, – because I, I think he still has a throwing arm. Um, you know, he's not he's not a noodle arm guy. He's not like Ben Roethlisberger at this point. And so maybe that, that passing attack still works. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to see. Um yeah, I don't you know who's going to end up signing him is like the Saints just just yeah. to confuse things. They're like, well, we got Taysom Hill. <laughs> right. Now we got another right. Taysom Hill and we've got yeah. Jameis Winston. So we've got like two quarterbacks with huge personalities, one quarterback with weird talents who can't really throw, but is a great athlete. And we're yeah. just going to like rotate them series by series. And every fantasy owner everywhere will want to kill Sean Payton. All right. And and if Sean if Sean Payton does it, he's an idiot. But if Kyle Shanahan does it, he's a genius. Um <laughs> I love this narrative, you know. <laughs> like fans are going berserk. They're they're like ready to hang Sean Payton for for even suggesting that he might rotate quarterbacks. And then Shanahan like suggests doing it and it's like, "Oh, it's next level. It's where the league's going, you know." See, I think uh, there's a slight difference there in that Payton is rotating bad quarterbacks. That's true. And Shanahan is rotating veteran and rookie with the clear intent of handing it off to the rookie at some point. Like, yeah, I think he's just sort of looking at it and going, when will Trey surpass Jimmy G on the helping this team win scale? So 
He's kind of yeah. rotating. Whereas like Taysom, nobody wants to watch Taysom Hill do anything on the football field. And nobody's happy if Jameis Winston is their quarterback. Like Saints fans, look, I don't feel sorry for you. I can't stand the Saints. The Saints are like one of my least three favorite teams in the league. So sucks to be you. But if Saints fans have nothing to be excited about this year. That's true. Just it's not even going to be a fun team to watch. It's going to suck. Kamara's not even going to get his check downs. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a mess for sure. Um, uh, I feel like I had... I had one other football thing, and uh, I completely lost it. You said I guess something about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So the NFC North in a post-Rodgers environment. So we've basically got one more year of Rodgers in the NFC North. Let's do a couple of minutes on this, and then we'll we'll wrap and do the Patreon. Um, and so I'm looking at rosters in the NFC North going, which one of these teams is the most positioned to be good next year? Like as soon as Rodgers is gone. Because you're looking to hit that window where suddenly Green Bay starting Jordan Love and the the whole the whole division feels like it's up for grabs. And um, I, I don't know, man. I honestly don't know because like you guys are in cap and quarterback purgatory mm-hmm. in that like you've tied up the vast majority of your money on Harrison Smith, who I love, and Kirk Cousins, who I don't love. Um, the Lions are just. They just seem eons away, you know. Um, they they seem like three years away from being relevant. Uh, well, every team is the, one good quarterback away from being relevant, and so yeah, you know, the Lions did the kind of let's get the let's get the the stopgap quarterback, collect some picks, yeah. build in the trenches thing. If they come out next year and get I don't know Spencer Rattler or whoever turns out to be the best quarterback prospect. They're they're one and a half years away from being a playoff team, potentially. Yeah. Now, of course, yeah. it is the Lions, and they had Matthew Stafford for 10 years and made the playoffs, what, maybe once? And so yeah. that, you know, that that could be wrong. But, like, on the one hand, they might be eight years away, and on the other hand, they, they might be a year and a half away, depending on the quarterback situation. Yeah. No, that's right. I think um, I think the Bears are the team best positioned – um, I don't know their cap situation, but purely because of Justin Fields. The same reason yeah. I just said. If if Fields is what he was projected to be, right, and they keep Allen Robinson, yeah, they have an offense, you know, and then and then Rodgers goes and you know plays for Denver next year or whatever, um, right? Yeah, like they they have the best quarterback in the division at that point. You know, they might yeah. have the best quarterback in the division out non Rogers by, by game eight this year. Um, yeah, we all know exactly yeah. what Kirk cousins is and is not. And he, he inspires nobody. The Vikings yeah. always find a way around the cap thing, but it always means that they're not deep. Like they're, they're two injuries, yeah. like the, they're two injuries away from last year all over again, where yeah. you lose a couple key players and then you're just not good. And yeah, like, yeah, if Dalvin Cook goes down, your season's over. Yeah, if Dalvin Cook goes down, if Justin Jefferson goes down, if last year it was Daniil Hunter and Anthony Barr and the whole defense fell Mm -hmm. apart, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, just that 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 could very well happen this year. Or it could be like, oh, these guys have to miss 10 days because of covid protocols. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the the Vikings are currently the least vaccinated team in the league because (laughs) because they hate their fans and winning, apparently. Like I, <laughs> setting aside a position on all things vaccine, yeah, sure. yeah. Why would you handicap yourself competitively 
Like, yeah, yeah. Just get the shot so you have a chance to win games, guys. Please, right? Please, just so you don't have yeah. to miss a bunch of time. <laughs> I know, man. It's fascinating. It However, fans. Kirk Cousins missing games might be it. Might be your entree into like getting to see Kellen Mond and seeing what he is, and uh, that that could actually be fun. Yeah, uh, I don't know if Kellen. Especially, Mond, I mean, he's a third round quarterback. There's not a strong history of those being good, but. The yeah. best thing about him is he's not named Kirk Cousins. He's not Kirk Cousins. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Pipe, this has been this has been fun. This has been a good NFL preview. I'm uh I'm excited for the season. Do we want to um, do any quick predictions about like We should. Yeah. You know, we probably should. Super Bowl or MVPs or anything like that. Yeah, we should do we should do a quick one. Who do do you want to do Super Bowls or MVP first? Uh let's do player awards first, whichever ones we feel like okay. doing, and then team stuff. Yeah, let's do uh let, let's get your MVP your MVP call. All right. Um well, let's see. I think well, let's let's eliminate everybody who's not a quarterback because the it's, MVP is it's always a quarterback. A quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Um I think, you know, the leader in the clubhouse is is Patrick Mahomes, but I'm going to take Tom Brady for MVP. I love it. I love it. That's a fun story. Amazing roster. Great offensive line. Brady stays healthy. They go, they go back to another Super Bowl. Yeah, and I could just, I, you I know, as, assuming that he remains physically fit at 48 years old or whatever he is, like, the, he could throw for 5,100 yards and, like, 48 touchdowns this year. Pretty, I mean, especially with an extra game. Like, the, it, there's no, he could put up bonkers numbers because that offense oh, is for sure. loaded. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, I'm going, I'm going to zag a little bit here. But I, I actually like this one, and I, I kind of believe it in my heart. Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he keeps Trey Lance on the bench all season. Um, I think the 49ers finally stay healthy and put it together. Uh, I think the Trey Sermon thing ends up being good. Two-headed monster with Raheem Mostert. Brandon Ayuk develops. Debo Samuel. George Kittle stays healthy. Jimmy G puts up a, like, holy bleep. This guy is good kind of season and uh Trey Lance stays on the bench I'm going Jimmy G uh you're you're writing like a movie script I'm writing a movie script and I'm buying the movie rights to it so uh Garoppolo family if you're listening uh, my agent will be in touch um I don't know I just think it's a it's one of those fun stories pipe that could happen uh I think that one is more realistic than like you know, Dak Prescott putting together some storybook season in Dallas coming off a horrific injury. Like, I just, I think he's going to be at like 80% tops. Yeah, I, I could see uh, it happening. Cause like, I mean, Matt Ryan won an MVP under Kyle Shanahan. And that's right. Um, and Matt Ryan has never been the best quarterback in the league. But for that year, running that offense, he was pretty spectacular. Put it, they stayed healthy. Everything yeah. fell into place. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, I and I think Dak has a better potential to be like the Matthew Stafford Lions version where he puts up 5,000 yards and 36 touchdowns and the team is middling. And, yeah, you know, yeah. he's a great fantasy player who doesn't get the the NFL awards, that, you know, because he's like, right. they're like, nice, they're not a good team. They don't win. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, rookie of the year. Let's oh, do rookie man. of the year. What are you thinking on this one? I don't I don't think it's going to be a quarterback. Mm. Um I think it'll probably be 
Well, Najee Harris would be kind of the odds-on yeah. favorite because he's a rookie who's going to get every single running back touch for the Steelers. So he's yeah, a possibility. Sure. But I think I'll go with – I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle. I think, Ooh, you know, I'm going to spread. I like it. You know, I'm going to keep the two of love Miami's offense. And I, and I think the other rookie receivers have uh, – have rougher situations limitations yeah, yeah they either missed last year uh, like jamar chase did and so they and have more competition on their own roster Devonte yeah. smith is uh has nobody to throw him the ball because their uh-huh. their quarterback situation is bad in philly yeah so yeah i, I think i'm gonna go jalen waddle yeah i like that jalen waddle could end up being like the true and better will fuller you know if 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 everything goes according to plan and uh I like that for them, and I like it as a pick. I'm going Mac Jones. Um, nobody wants it to be Mac Jones. He plays for New England. It's not sexy. He's not one of the fun quarterbacks, but uh, I just think he steps in. He plays like a veteran. He pilots that offense, gets him to the playoffs. Um, I think our rookie of the year is Mac Jones. I think that would be uh, tons of fun. It would. Uh, it would. It's When a wide receiver wins rookie of the year, it usually has mm-hmm. – nothing to do with how good their team is yeah it's just like oh that guy caught 80 passes for 1100 yards you know good numbers mm-hmm. when yeah. a quarterback wins rookie of the year he he might have changed the direction of a franchise or in their case kept them at a highly competitive level so i think that would be a lot of fun yeah i agree super bowl matchup pipe <sighs> the nfc is tough uh, it is tough because the it's NFC so East is a just a cesspool of dumpster bad teams. Yeah. I I think Washington should be the best team there, but I don't trust Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, yeah, I think I will go San Fran. Oh man, I want to say Kansas City, but I kind of want to say Buffalo too. Uh huh. I think I'm going to go San Fran Buffalo. San Fran and Buffalo, dude. I actually like that because I was going to go San Fran as well. Um, just kind of in keeping with my my Jimmy G take from before. And I mean, Buffalo really makes the most sense. And I, in, in and I think of, I would pick Buffalo. I think I would pick Buffalo as a winner. Yeah, I think I would too. I think I would too. Josh Allen, Jimmy G in the Super Bowl would be fun, dude. Or, Those two or teams Trey Lance, either one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'd be cool to see Buffalo win one. Um, yeah, I'm just agreeing with that, which is not great radio, but, uh, but it would be a a cool thing to see happen. That's for sure. Um, pipe, we've done what we always do on this program and that we've wandered to and fro throughout, uh, the beginning of the NFL season. Uh, we're going to hop off now so that we can do a little Patreon radio and, uh, and take care of the people that take care of us. And until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.